for calling Call Me Cowboy. For Western lifestyle, press 1. For country music, press 2. For cowgal pals, press 3. Or stay on the line to speak to our representatives. Thank you. What is up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Call Me Cowboy podcast. It's your girl, HB, and I am currently editing this week's podcast, and I just wanted to give you guys a little intro because for those of you that don't know, this is a two-part series that Katie and I decided to do. Last week, we recorded an episode about our past horses and was really heavy and there was a lot of tears um, and the feedback that we've gotten from that episode has been absolutely amazing. The amount of you girls that have just gone outside just to hug your horses because you were inspired by what we had to talk about is just awesome. It's really good to know that we have that sort of impact and that you guys can relate to what we are going through as young cowgirls as well. So this week we're going to dive in to our current horses. Katie and I each have three and it's a really good episode so I'm excited for you guys to hear it. So without further ado, let's get into the podcast. Do you want to go into our old reliables right now, Cisco and Moonshine? Yeah, I will I will talk about Cisco. So Danny Starbert is Cisco's real name. If you'd like to look him up on all breed pedigree, he's an inbred motherfucker. Um, oh my god. <laughs> he's like line bred all the way up. His but Cisco's um grand, great grandpa, grandpa, I can't remember, was in service for like 31 years at a feedlot. Um, which makes sense because his Cisco's now 26. Um, we got Cisco, so we moved up to Washington. We li- we're living in Arizona, we moved up to Washington. We stopped talking to Ethan's family that lived here for a lot of reasons that I'm not gonna get into, but really bad stuff. That was who Ethan roped with um, and who he grew up riding with. And, you know, that's where all his horses were. He didn't take any of his horses when he moved out. We ended up having to move to Washington for another long story, basically against our will. Um, And when when we moved up there, at first we didn't have any money. So it's not like we're going to go out and buy a horse and rope, right? And then um, we ended up moving in with Ethan's mom because we wanted to move to Arizona soon. So we were like, okay, well, like move back soon. So like, we'll live with her for the time being. And she had like two acres. Um. Really, she had two acres, like, in a residential area, and, like, her house was, like, on top of a hill, and that that was, like, one acre, and then at the bottom of the hill was another acre, right? And there was, like, this big, like, winding road to get up to her house. So, Ethan's, like, depressed, sad. I don't know. I'm not gonna say he's depressed, but he was, like, having, like, just going fucking through it and just feeling shitty about stuff, and, like, he doesn't have a hobby or anything, because all he used to do is rope, and he had had, this is now, like, four years, three years since he's roped, right? I mean, I was like, dude, we started, we reconnected with his stepmom and she had all the horses and stuff. And she was actually getting a divorce from his dad. And, um, I was like, you should just call her and see if she knows somebody that has a horse. Like, let's just see, like, just call her who knows. And Ethan's like, she's not going to know anybody. She's not going to know anybody. She's not going to know anybody. I'm like, just, I'm telling you, I have a good feeling about this. Just call her. Let's see what the deal is. So he calls her, she's down in Arizona and she's like, you know what? We need to get rid of some of these horses. Cause me and your daughter are splitting up and like, I can't afford all these by myself. And we still have Cisco. Like, do you want Cisco? Since you're just now getting back into it, you're probably going to be like rusty. You probably need like a reliable old horse. And Ethan can't even believe that Cisco is still alive. Because again, we haven't talked to him in four years. Cisco is 22, 23 at the time. So we send her, we buy him back from, from Megan. Um, this is the horse that Ethan's been riding since Ethan was 12 years old. Ethan has eighth grade photos on Cisco, like graduation photos. Um, so cool. 
we had nothing. Okay. We had no horse trailer. We had no tack. We had a truck. We had just bought a truck and we had no fence. We were on it like basically a residential property that had two acres, but like, I guess the HOA allowed horses. I don't know. Ethan put up an electric fence, d- just poles, like literally wood poles that you go, you make your deck out of in Washington because they were the cheapest <laughs> ones. He put those in the ground and then just put electric fence around it. It was the cheapest fence we could build. He built it in one, in like two days. And then we put literally, I'm not joking. This is so ghetto and easy up. That was the cover that Cisco had of fucking easy up with four panels around it. Just in case we needed to like lock him in somewhere for some reason. And so that's what he had. And easy up I've been there, girl. cheap as electric fence. And then Ethan's like, I need a horse trailer because we can't go pick him up if we don't have a horse trailer. I'm like on the Facebook groups trying to find a girl to trailer a horse from, from Wickenburg to fucking Washington to Wenatchee so I find a girl and she's like oh but I'm leaving next week like I'm leaving in seven days and I'm like fuck we don't have a fence we don't have a, a shelter we don't have a trailer we don't have any tack so I'm like calling my mom I'm like I need you to ship me Ethan's saddle right now from from Arizona because Ethan's saddle was in their storage container so she's like sending me his saddle in the mail I've got I'm like we're on NRS buying literally every single piece of tack I'm talking dally wraps fucking uh, cinch brushes combs like this ended up being like three grand for all the things that we needed because we did not have anything we had nothing oh my god Ethan even finds this random blue trailer on craigslist he's like i'm gonna go look at it i don't go with him big mistake should have fucking gone with him (laughs) he brings it back there's a hole rusted out hole in the frame it looks like shit it's this two horse 1971 i don't even know what the make is because we can't find anything on it it was from idaho it sat in a field for like 20 years He's like, here we go. Here it is. And I'm like, is this guy kidding me? Like, I don't fucking know about this. We buy that for $1,500. It's the cheapest trailer we could buy. Cisco gets there. We go pick him up. We, we've done this all in a week. Bring him to the property. And he's literally living on this, like, residential property. Like, in this, like, pasture. This acre big pasture and this fucking electric fence. But he is a fucking machine. Cisco has never taken a lame step in his life. They bought Cisco for I think 15 or 13, $1,500 off a random guy on Craigslist in like when Ethan was literally 11 years old um, because they couldn't get him in the correct lead to team rope. And Ethan's dad's like, we can fix this. So they bought him. They ended up fixing him. They rope on him. He was fucking yoked. His confirmation is a little iffy in some spots. Like he's got a pretty long neck and he's got a big ass head. But for the most part, the guy is, is built pretty nice, <laughs> especially back then. He was a good looking guy. Um, they all roped off, off him all growing up. It was like his dad's horse that he roped on a lot when they were younger. And now 23 years old, he came up from Arizona and Ethan roped on him practices every week. We jackpot on him all year. We didn't go crazy hard on him. We're not going to be mean to the old man, but he would not stop. Like there is nothing that would stop him. He could have broken legs and this horse would still fucking go. Like he still to this day ropes the sled with me. Like, cause he's teaching me now how to rope. Cause he knows more than I do. And he knows that, which is kind of dangerous, honestly. And like, he will still, like, I brought him into the arena last night just to work him out and just to lope a couple circles. He's going like Mach five. I'm like, buddy, it's not that deep. Like I remember. So when we bought, he, he roped at every single jackpot, never, never fucking threw a fit, never cheated you. Ne- was so excited to do his job. Loved being in the arena. We ended up, when we bought Hick, we put him, we like retired him because we were like, oh, you know, he deserves to be retired, you know, whatever. And he used to lose his mind when we would load the trailer. Like he would be so angry that we weren't bringing him with him, with us. So we gave him like four months off. He was clearly like 
deteriorating from just sitting there. And like everybody in Ethan's family is like, you know, he really needs his like, he needs, he's old, he needs to be retired. And me and Ethan, like, I don't know, he's retired. He's like literally like, we're watching him deteriorate. Like, I, it, once you stop going on them after they've been going for that long, I feel like it's just rude. Like, after yeah. you've had a job for so long and you're just like, never mind, you're just going to sit here and chill in this pasture now. So, especially we when they back- love their job. Yeah. So, we ended up bringing him back to the arena. And I remember we, I opened the gate just to let him in. And I'm like, kind of a new writer at this point open the gate to let him back in to the arena. And he starts just like hyperventilating. He's like breathing so heavy. He's like so fucking hype to get in the arena. He hears the chute open and he takes off. Like, like he's going to fucking go. I'm like, dude, no, we're, we're not roping. We're literally just here to like hang out and make you feel like you're doing something. He gets so excited to be in the arena every fucking time. He still does to this day. He's never taken a lame step in his life. Never had an issue with him ever. He, his, we had some issues with the rush in Washington and like their feet being soft because it's so wet there, but it, he wasn't lame. Like he was completely fucking fine. Um, like I said, never, he will not fight you on anything. He will not cheat you. He is so honest. We took him to the vet once. Um, and she needed to like loaf him in circles and she just like her head snapped at me and she goes, Oh, he's so obedient. And I'm like, yeah, he will literally do. If you ran him off a cliff, he would not second guess you. He'd be like, okay, that's what we're doing. We're going off the cliff. He has his little quirks, just like all old men do. Like he, he needs you to keep, you know, your hands a certain way, little things like that, that he does that are just weird. He also has cataracts in both eyes. He, so like, sometimes he sees a shadow and he's like, Whoa, what the fuck's going on here? A little bit of issues with depth perception, but literally the guy could still, he, he's in better shape than most 15 year olds, much less now he's 26, 26 years old and still kicking ass. Yeah. Yeah. And even when we went there, Keeg rode him, rode on the sled. I did too, actually (laughs) a little bit. And that was so, he was so good. And just how you were saying how he like knows his job and got really excited about it. Like he was pumped and he's like, girl, why are you keeping me so slow? Let's do our job. Let's go out here and win the jackpot. I'm already ready. We don't need the practice. I was like, whoa. And he tries to run so fast. And you're like, dude, you're going to hurt yourself. Like you are 26 years old. He's older than me. I look at him some days. I'm like, dude, you're older than me. I don't need you out here running a marathon. Okay. Just take it down a couple notches. He, and he knows just, just how much knowledge that horse has unmatched. Like you could put anybody mm-hmm. on them and they could win a jackpot on him. If, if yeah, he, he good did really good on him. And that was the first time he actually had ever oh. roped off of a horse on the sled ever. And so it was kind of, you know, we didn't know what to expect necessarily. And he even came out of the box on him and yep. just had so much fun. And I don't know, Cisco really took care of him. And then we went on that trail ride and him and Cisco were together and yeah. he took care of him. Meaning Cisco yeah. took care of Keeg. <laughs> yeah. No, he really, awesome. Sometimes if he, like, sometimes I get, when I was first riding, like, this was like three years ago, when I'd get on him, he'd be like, ignore me. Like, girl, you don't know what you're doing. I know you don't know what you're doing. So just <laughs> shut the fuck up. Now he has, we're like pretty evenly matched. He knows. He loves kids. We use him for, like, if we have friends that come over with little kids all the time, he loves kids. He will walk around with a kid on his back all day. He's not super friendly guy. He's not like cuddly. He doesn't want you in his stall. Like if I go stand in there, he'll stand in the opposite corner and be like, are you leaving? Like, can you leave me alone, please? I feel like the best ones aren't. Yeah. He, he does not want to be cuddled. He does not want to be touched. He just wants to eat his food and leave me alone and then work. He likes to work. He loves Ethan, loves Ethan. He'll play let Ethan pet him. Not me though. He's like, yeah, <laughs> screw you, lady. I don't want you near me. But yeah, that's Danny Starbert, our old man, who's 26. I'll probably have him till he's like 40. He's never going to die. He's going to be a feed bill. 
for the rest of my at life. At this point, he's 26 years old and he's still trucking the way that he is. Yeah. yeah. No, you're going to have him for another like 15 years. Which like was so unfortunate when Hick died. I remember I looked at Ethan. I'm like, I've been preparing for Cisco to die since the day we got him. I'm like, this horse is old. We're probably not going to have him for so long. How no, Who knows how long he'll be here. But fucking Hick died at 10 and Cisco's sitting there 25, middle fingers up. Like, that's right, motherfuckers. I'm never going away. You owe me a lot of fucking food. Like, I'm not going anywhere. Bring me that another flake, so bitch. <laughs> okay i think we should break for ads and then yeah. i'll talk about moonshine what's up guys hannah beth here to talk to you about dare to be a cowboy which is a nonprofit that i founded in 2014 our mission is to ensure that all youth regardless of where they're from what their financial status is or any other constraints that they may have that they still have access to the resources and the support and the education to thrive within the western and agricultural industries whether that means that they just want to learn how to ride horses or if they want to rope or whatever their dreams may be we offer programs and opportunities such as monthly grants, clinic scholarships, entry fee scholarships, backstage experiences at pro rodeos, and so much more. If you want to get involved, go to our website at daretobeacowboy.org, or if you want to refer a child to be a recipient of our experiences, you can go to the website as well. That is, again, daretobeacowboy.org. So again, if you guys want to get involved, absolutely do so. Become a part of the movement. Dare to be a Cowboy is for the future of the Western and the agricultural lifestyles. Now, let's Let's get back to the podcast. What's up, guys? As many of you probably already know, I'm a lover of the Western lifestyle, and I'm also a graphic designer. I love creating things that blend a little West Coast into the Wild West and speak to the modern cowgirl. I create stickers, tees, and much more, and you can shop it all at Etsy.com slash shop slash Wayward Western Co. That's Etsy.com slash shop slash Wayward Western Co. And make sure you tell them that Call Me Cowboy sent you. You use the code CallMeCowboy10 at checkout, and you get 10% off your order. That's CallMeCowboy10 for 10% off of your order. Thanks, guys. And I, we are back, you guys. So I think your old reliable is obviously Moonshine, right? Yeah, Moonshine for sure, which is so weird to think because I got her when she was young. So it's strange to now think that she's like the OG on the property, yeah. but she knows it. Talk about an attitude that knows that she's the OG. <laughs> That's definitely Moonshine. Okay. Um, oh, God. Like I said before, this is my heart horse. So there's like details on details about how much I love her. But so I got her, like I said, when she was three, I was a junior or I believe like late sophomore in high school. And my plan was to hopefully use her as a college barrel horse, but then start her in high school rodeo as well. Um, And so when I got her, I was really ignorant and young and inexperienced and moonshine was dirty fast she's a cutting horse she is cutting bread she has doc coyote in her so she's like just super athletic and catty and will do anything that you ask her to do and so I run her on the barrel pattern like lope her on the barrel pattern literally the day I tried her out she had never been on it before of course is able to cruise it like so well, just because again, she's pretty broke for a Mm three-year-old. And um, so I just like kind of ran with that and ended up like entering her in all the high school rodeos that I had that year. And it ended up just like blowing her mind out. And I talk about this a lot, even on my YouTube channel and just on my podcast and everything. And that's 
one of my biggest mistakes, I think it happens as a horse owner is you make training mistakes, especially when you're young. Um, and so I had to take moonshine off of the pattern and off of everything for quite a while. We're talking like a few years just because she got super insecure. She was just not able to handle her head. I tried to break away on her and she would get super hot, you know, just like the whole nine. Um, but she was still with me all the time. And I still rode her like six days a week and just was always working on her and trying to make her the best possible because in my eyes, she was an investment kind of for my future, you know, and I was always in it for like the long haul when it came to her and just all of that. So she ended up, like I said before, she ended up coming to Texas with me. And that's probably when I really kind of started more entering her and just like taking her to jackpots and everything. Um, she actually ended up when we were in Texas, she ended up getting something called purpura, which is the most random thing. Um, even in, at the vet that I went to in Texas, it's a huge vet hospital, especially compared to where I live right now. And she had said that this was only the second case that she had ever seen. And I really don't even, I think, I believe it's an autoimmune, some sort of like virus. Um, but it was right as soon as we moved there. And basically what could happen if you don't catch it is their skin on their legs start to fall off. So it it builds so much moisture and bacteria on their legs that it gets a bunch of hives in her legs. Like this is why I ended up taking her in is because I went out there one morning and both of her back legs were stick straight as far as swollen goes, like no definition. She couldn't move them. They had hives all over them. And obviously I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And so I ended up taking her to the vet and that's what she ended up having. And luckily I was able to catch it fast enough, but coincidentally, the only other case that they had seen was actually a friend of the friend that was going with me to the vet. And so she was like, oh my God, my friend just had this. Um, It was probably a couple of years prior. And she actually wasn't able to catch it as fast and her horse's (gasps) skin did start falling off. And so she was showing me pictures of like what could happen. And it was just so scary. I think it really is just, I've never heard of that either. And I think it was really just because um, we were going from such a dry area with such different landscape and such different, you know, like even insects and everything to Mm -hmm. straight up East Texas where it's very wet and whatever. So she ended up being okay from that. I had to like give her a bath three times a day. And stuff. Oh my but, God. Um, yeah. So she moved to Texas with me and ended up coming home with me. And I think what really makes moonshine so special to me is that she has seen like the most pivotal moments in my life. Like she is kind of in my eyes grown up with me. Um, so when I moved back from Texas, like I said, with Montana, I was kind of in a place where I didn't care about riding or rodeoing I was so into go tying and stuff that by the time that I was done with it I was super lost I had no idea what to do I felt like the barrel racing industry was super intimidating and just like I like I said I was lost and so when I got back I didn't ride for maybe like honestly maybe like two years two and a half years Montana died somewhere in there and that was like even worse for it so I'm like okay I really don't have anything to do now especially because I don't have my good horse and um I don't know what came over me. I think it really was just like moonshine in general, like missing her and wanting to see her. So I would come over to my parents and I would visit with her and it just kind of like brought back that spark. She was the only horse that my parents had on the property and like my only horse that I owned. And so that at that time was when Keegan and I first met. And so I probably was just trying to introduce him to her or something, you know, because she just 
means so much to me that that would be something that I would want to do. And, um, I don't really, again, I don't know what it was, but something just really urged me to get back into it. And I think it was just like me missing her so much and just like riding her and taking her to races, et cetera. Again, at this point, I hadn't ridden for two years, which is a lot for somebody that has ridden every day since they were seven years old. Yeah. And so to this day, I swear moonshine is who saved me. Like I was not only in a low point in my life, but I was also doing things that I really should not have been doing. And moonshine and like the motivation that she gave me to start rodeoing and to start barrel racing again is like why I'm sitting here right now is I because I really thought that I was going to go mainstream or something like I, I was over the rodeo western industry I had been in it for so long that I wanted something different and with moonshine I feel like I just realized that this is like home as cliche as it sounds like being yeah. on the back of the horse is the foundation of who I am so since then I've done like a lot of barrel races with moonshine. It's just kind of weird to think like it's kind of, it sounds surface level to call moonshine my barrel horse or anything like that, because she's just like has way deeper of a meaning than that. Um, so I barrel raced on her for the past couple of years, a little bit, uh, took her and, uh, went to the WCBRA finals with her and everything. Won a buckle on her, which was just so cool. And, um, kind of like with Montana she has a permanent spot on this property even if she was just a trail horse and coming into this year I wasn't exactly sure what to do with her because she didn't really seem like she was liking the barrel so much and because I've had her for so long and I never even when she was off the barrels I never stopped riding her she's got a lot of wear and tear lots of like she aches and pops and cracks because she she's 12 so she's not that old but she just has had a lot of work on her yeah and um Yeah. So this year by coincidence and how just everything fell together, I was able to get a free breeding to breed her with a local cutting stud in this Valley. And he's a highbrow cat stud. So I was really excited to have the opportunity to meet that or to mix that with a Doc Coyote baby. So right now she is pregnant and it's really weird to think because again, she is like, my baby and so I don't it's just like a really big deal I've actually never even had a baby at all my mom had had one when she was younger a baby horse and I haven't and I feel so unprepared um but it's just crazy because again she's my OG she is my heart horse and now I'm going to have a mini moonshine which is going to be just the craziest thing wild yeah. yeah. So it's scary. Like out, you never no, I've never. Like, and that's the thing is like babies are so unpredictable. And that's the hard part about like right now I have all 12 year olds on the property. Every each mare is 12. They've got some brains. They're kind of level headed. They're not going to freak out or have like some sort of whatever. Yeah. And babies just do. So I gotta, I gotta really set myself up because it's going to be a big, a big chapter. My favorite thing about Moonshine is that you're always just so honest about her. Like how you talk about how you like messed up in the beginnings of her training. And like, you're just so many people would not talk about that or would not say anything about it because they're so worried about what people will say or whatever. I just love mm. that you own up to it and be like, yeah, I don't, I didn't know what I was doing. So I fucked up. And like, even with her, like having a baby, you're like, yeah, I really don't know what I'm doing, but this is going to be fun. I'm going to learn. 
like yeah I'm trying to just be on the path you know like with her especially again she's here forever so I have no doubt about that so it's really just trying to kind of like learn from my mistakes like what we're saying but then also like with the baby thing I wasn't even in January as of January I was not I did not think that this was what was going to happen this year. It was as of probably like March or April that I started to actually decide that we were going to do it. I had no idea. And it is such a big deal. But even with the training thing, like that's one big thing with legacy. She's like my up and comer. I think it's just important to like be super aware of those mistakes and not repeat them when it comes to your next horse. So I feel like with legacy, I'm almost on the opposite side of the spectrum to where I'm being very slow with her. Um, but yeah, with Moonshine, it's just, I was so young as well. And I don't really know, like, I just think that I think everybody, when it comes down to it, has that one horse where they feel like they kind of messed up on. Um, yeah. And yeah, like even Moonshine, she is not a kid's horse. She pulls back all the time. <laughs> My boyfriend absolutely despises her because they got into like a trailer loading wreck which has never happened with me, but it happened with him. Of course, my brother hates her because she does not listen to him. And I think all of that comes down to my inconsistencies in my training and like not making it a universal language. Like basically I can only ride her because I'm the only one that can like understand her or she can really only understand me. So that's a really big fault in it too. But at the same time, I kind of like it because I'm like, the perfect key to her. <laughs> You're like, yeah, I le- I didn't want to train her for other people. She's only mine. So yeah, she only <laughs> speaks German. I'm so sorry. German writing only. <laughs> like, Actually, she can tell you have bad taste just the second you get on her. So you're just not going to be able to. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. So nobody likes her. She doesn't really act like a mare as far as like squealing and stuff like that goes. Oh God. But does she kick the barn? She kicks the barn all the time. She has wind puffs on the side of her legs because she has kicked the fence so many times. So there's that. But yeah, it doesn't get along with anybody else. She's like my little loyal healer. I love her. I love that. I, I love okay. her. I love her story. I'm so excited for your baby. That's really exciting. Um, so yeah, March now, 20th. That's the due date. So exciting. 200 days. So moving on to current horses, we have ping pong. Which, so we had Hick when we got ping pong and we had some money saved up when we moved here and we wanted to buy a like backup situation for Hick. Really good forethought on our part there. Um, And we just knew like if Hick goes down, we have nothing else, you know? So we better get something. And we had some money saved up. We wanted to buy a horse in Arizona because the horse market like is crazy everywhere, obviously right now, but like you can get a better, there's just more to buy. There's more here. So you, there's a better chance you'll find something that's like exactly what you want than what you have in Washington. So came here, Ethan started looking on the Facebook groups. Again, I don't really love looking like shopping like that. Um, like I like, um, things just come to you, but Ethan had found ping pong and ping pong is a, uh, he is a, why can I not think of the Pepto Boon small horse? And he's actually an appy. Uh, from the Whispering Spirit Ranch in New Mexico. And Ethan found him and just really liked him, thought he was so pretty. And we didn't even realize he was an appy at first. Um, and then when you look at his papers, he's actually like a really small percentage appy, like crazy small. He's like, I mean, he's got Docalina and Pepto Boon Small on each side. So, you know, he, he is an appy, but he's really how happy he is. I don't know. Ethan really liked him and uh we messaged the girl about him and like the girl that was selling him and she's like yeah this is my you know young or she's four 
but I actually had someone else call on him and they're going to come look at him on this day. And we were like having such a hard time just even getting to look at something like it, just cause everybody's buying stuff. Um, the and we were like, crazy. yeah. So she was like, yeah, if they don't buy him, then we'll let you know. And they were driving from Texas to come see him like, like a really long drive actually, like from the, like the opposite side of Texas from New Mexico. And we were like, Oh, okay. I guess that's not going to work out. So Ethan was like really thinking about it for a couple of days. He's like, I don't know. I just really like him. He's really cool. Like, I just feel good about him. Like, should I, I kind of want to offer her just like, I'll buy him right now, like sight on scene and we'll just go pick him up. We'll buy him right now. Like, I wonder if she will sell him to us. If we do that, we don't even look at him. We just buy him literally today. And I was like, I don't know, message her. So he messages her and tells her that. And like, for me, I like when you, we had looked at a lot of horses in Arizona at this point, like gone and seen them. And I would, was like waiting for like, to me, I don't like to buy a horse unless someone doesn't want to sell it. Like if I go to your house and you're like, yeah, amazing, blah, blah. I mean, like, obviously lots of people sell horses, so that's fine. But if this is like, you're, you're just a normal person and this is your horse in your barn and you're not like sad to see it go. I'm not, I like, I'm less inclined to be excited about it. Like, mm-hmm, not that that same. should even say anything about it, but yeah. So like with Hick, when we went to pick him up, the guy that was selling Hick was drunk and like literally like was giving us his grain pan and was like crying. And this is like a big burly, like I'm talking yoked fucking construction dude who's 40 years old bawling as we were taking Hick off the property. Did not want to sell him. Right. So oh like, my gosh. I'm, I'm looking for those kind of situations when I go look at horses. Yes. Like, so I'm like, we, we message the girl and she <laughs> like replies and like, she's like, so I actually just told the guy know that I'm going to sell them to you guys. And then she texts us again. She's like, he just offered me another thousand dollars, but I told him no, because I want you guys to have him. I just have a good feeling about you guys. Um, and like she, then she texts us. She's like, so this is like my last baby out of my favorite broodmare who was the Pepto. She was the Pepto mare that she had. And we bought her at a sale barn, uh, for super cheap because she was only, she was two years old and a coyote had gotten like, like ran along their fence line or something. And she had like gotten caught up in the fencing and fell on her head and cracked her head open so nobody ever broke her because they were like worried the guy never broke her because he was just worried about her head so they bought her as a broodmare she said that she was the sweetest broodmare ever and she was obsessed with her and she bred her with her good um horse that's one like the appy show like so many fucking times he's crazy high um decorated appy and they're like big in the appy shows up there so he's great and she's like he's like i cut i did all kinds of stuff on his dad. And he was like my horse growing up. And this is the last baby. I have three. And the mom had passed away like three months before we bought ping pong. And so she was never going to get another baby out of her. And, out of, and he was like, she was like, if I could keep ping pong, I would, I love him. But like, I, I want to see him go to a good place. And I'd rather take less money and know that he's going to someone who's going to care about him than take more money from this person who I don't really know how much they really care about him or if they just want to use him. Right. So yeah. we, we bought him that, like, we hadn't even seen him. She FaceTimed us. That's it. We go up and see him. He's only like 13 to, he's so tiny or 14 to, um, and he's just like, so quiet, like for a four-year-old, like, I can't even tell you. We let him up in the trailer, bring him home. I like Ethan's like worried. Cause he's so short. Like he's grown a lot now. I want to say he's 15 hands now in just the year we've had him. Like he's grown quite a bit. Um, but he, and he is just, like I said, so quiet. I remember we brought him to the first like practice and I tied him to the side of trailer and someone was like, Oh, how old is he? Like 10? I'm like, no, he's four. And they're like, what? Like, cause he literally doesn't care. I mean, you saw him, like he really is pretty fucking chill. He has his moments, you know, like all babies do where he like freaks out every once in a while. Like he gets stressed. He doesn't know what the answer is. So he tries to like, be like, is this it? Is this it? Is this it? And then if he doesn't get it right, he kind of freaks out. He doesn't do that as much anymore now that we've had him for longer, but 
He is such a lover. He, he is the horse that I will feed him. And if I walk up to his stall, he'll still come to the end of the stall for, to, to get pet. Like he'll walk away from his food because he wants to be near you so bad. He's like got this little elephant trunk. He loves to grab everything. He will not bite you. He just likes to touch like your rings. He touches all my rings. He likes to see my shoes and my shoelaces and my yeah, shirt. He really and- is like a little boy. Yeah, he reminds so me of a little much. boy. So, so sweet much. and innocent. He is so sweet and innocent. He literally, and like I said, he's not like, Hick was like cocky. Like Ethan and Hick would fight because Hick thought he knew what he was doing better than, you know, than Ethan did. But ping pong like is so like shy. You kind of have to build him up a little bit. Like I could tell after Hick died, like Ethan was just trailing ping pong around and bringing ping pong places and ping pong would be looking at us like, guys, I don't know. (laughs) Where's Hick? (laughs) Like, I'm not the A team here. Like I'm like the C team. Can we get somebody else in here? And like, he's still every once in a while, like is so shy. And I think a lot of his personality comes from like trying to like, push him into this mold of like be this horse that's like finished and 10 years old and got a you know is confident and all this stuff and ping pong's like yeah i'm four i don't have confidence i'm scared um Mm -hmm. he's not scared of anything like he like he doesn't care about noises he doesn't care about like fucking big scary things bikes plastic bags he doesn't care about any of that stuff he just gets like you know nervous sometimes when he doesn't know what to do and you right he's more insecure than anything i feel like oh yeah he's not scared at all he is the, the sweetest, kindest, and the, the, the people at Whispering Spirit Ranch are amazing. They have amazing quality appies. Like, I can go on for days about how nice these horses are. Pink, they said that Ping Pong was a shot-for-shot shot remake of the dad, that they have, like, the same mind and everything, and that the dad was just, like, so sound-minded, could do anything you put him to, and, like, he was just so chill. And that is how I would describe Ping Pong. Does anything you want, is so chill, doesn't care about anything, lacks a little bit of confidence, though. So that's his only thing. And he's gotten a lot bigger, Ethan. Like, I mean, we love him. He's so sweet. He's such a baby. He really is just a baby. He really just wants to make everybody happy. And he gets so <laughs> disappointed in himself. Like, if he has a bad practice with him, like, I, I'll walk him back to his stall. And he's just looking at me like, dude, I'm so sorry. Like, I really thought that's right. That's like, even when I was there and we went through that traumatic moment together, he was so oh. upset afterwards. <laughs> And then Ethan got on him and he's like, I will be good. I swear. And it was just so funny. Well, like, okay, to put it into context, we went on this trail ride with Katie's horses, me and Katie and Ethan and Keeg. And I rode ping pong at first and he was so good. Like he, it's just funny because that was like the first time that I had gone on him and he's a four-year-old. I've been on four-year-olds before and they're usually like kind of watching and like really careful about things. He was not at all. He was like totally fine to just be right behind Cisco. He wanted to be in his butt and just like stay there. He didn't even care about looking forward or looking at the view at all. Mm-hmm. And then we get into some of the sketchy parts. Like it wasn't really too sketchy it was just like kind of we were just we were just expecting even level at desert level not climbing anything yeah it wasn't what we were expecting that's we're like in a fucking mountain like climbing a mountain like the trail is as wide as my like less wide than my horse and i'm like looking at ethan like should we turn around like this does not look okay (laughs) like and we didn't even mean to do this like honestly to even go back a couple of steps we go on this trail ride not expecting to go on this specific trail at all we were planning on going on another one and this couple that were riding horses uh they were like leaving and ethan goes up to them and asks them how this one trail is and the guy says oh but you guys should go on this other trail because it's not 
it's not bad, but it's not as boring basically. And his wife said something about it being pretty steep in some spots. And she basically, and he called her a coward or just like called her like a scaredy cat or something. And so Ethan was like, okay, well, I mean, if he's like acting like that, then it really shouldn't be that bad. And we're like, like okay, yeah, an old no. man. We're talking like 65, the horses he has, are maybe even seventies. Like, yeah, yeah. Like older. And she, she specifically said it's kind of steep, you know, in some parts. And we're just like, oh, okay. okay. Kind of just like play it whatever. off, whatever. Whatever, Deborah. Okay. Dude. Okay. <laughs> and then we just straight up get to some, uh, the first couple of switchbacks, I'm like, okay, this really is not that bad. Whatever. And it starts getting steeper and steeper. And at one point I couldn't see the trail. Like I was like, is it really going up this part of the hill? Because it was like so steep and so high up and sure oh as shit, God. we're going up this hill. And we're just like, finally, I think Katie, you were the one that was like, um, Ethan, I'm not comfortable with this. I'm not yeah, back I was like, <laughs> we went to, we got into switchbacks, which like, I'm like switchbacks on this trail. And it's got like fence in between the two, like, switchbacks I, I have no idea where we are right now it's literally like the trail is like if you had your feet on it it's as wide as your two feet like it is so tiny hannah's on ping pong he's been doing great so far but for whatever reason when he gets to the turn in the switchback he starts like questioning what he's supposed to be doing i don't know what he, he was really thinking. confused his poor mind he was very confused about how the trail just stopped and how it automatically was just going the other way and so he always thought like before each turn which i started to notice he wanted to like turn beforehand he's like okay, and jump. Well, we can save time <laughs> we're fine we don't have time to go all the way to this corner like i don't need to stay on the trail basically and i'm like okay no so we take him like to the corner and on this one i don't really know what happened but he ended up like switching back way too fast and it just so happened on this switchback there was a fence so he ended up turning back before the fence before the switchback while we're still on this steep ass hill oh my and god and I was just like <laughs> dude and I, we, we were literally standing right next to the fence on one side is the fence on the other side is just like obviously cliff and I just remember just sitting there and looking at you guys like where do I go from here I'm not really sure and so I just kind of like let him chill and then he ended up finding his way down and it ended up being fine. But it was just like that situation where I could tell he had no idea where to go. I had no idea where to put him. I had no idea how we even ended up in that situation. And I wasn't trying to get in his way, but I was like, dude, ping pong, we need to get our shit together so and turn around. I, I was right behind Hannah during this. And I like, I was like, oh, you're going to be so fine. Ping pong's fine. No, don't worry about it. So he like, he's like in between the two switchbacks. If this is making sense to any of you, like, in the, the like random dirt in between the two facing like the cliff. Like he's turned himself around. He's facing the cliff and you could see like he freaked out. And then when he realized he was facing the cliff and like could tumble to his death, he like stopped and was like, Oh my God, what did I just do? Like he like, <laughs> oh, me too. I was like, how did we end up here? <laughs> and I'm just staying there. Everyone is completely silent. I'm not saying a fucking thing. And I'm like, what the fuck is going to happen? Like <laughs> Hannah's going to die. She's never been on my horses. She like, she flew here from fucking Nevada. We met on social media and I'm going to, she's going to be murdered in these hills today. And I just have so much props for you. I was like, felt, I thought you were such a badass because nobody would have known from the outside that you were worried at all. Like it looked like you were just like, yeah, this is just another day. And you're like, it's okay. <laughs> ping pong, you pet him and you like fix it all. Like he gets right back on the trail. Everything's fine. I'm like looking at her. I'm like, I would have been losing my shit. Like there is no way like this fucking sketchy trail, this boy world going crazy. At that point, Ethan's like, Hannah, get off him. Like I'm getting on him. I don't yeah. want you to get hurt. So he put you on SpongeBob. 
fucking and it, of course ping pong is like so disappointed in himself he's like oh my god i'm so sorry i know that's when he felt so insecure yeah. i could look back and his head was just down like what did i just do he was so upset <laughs> i messed up bad you guys yeah, yeah. but he's really you, sweet though he is the sweetest he really is he loves he loves everyone he wants to be everyone's friend he likes to cuddle he likes hugs he wants to like look at all your clothes look at all your hands look at everything he's so good i love mm-hmm. ping pong he's the sweetest mm-hmm. He's, he just needs, Ethan needs to let him be his own horse and not try to fit him into somebody else's, you know, hole and let him just come into his own, which he started to let him do that. And I think it's going a lot better. And just, I think he's going to turn out really cool. He's super athletic. He's built like a brick shit house. He's so thick. He, you know, he's got such a nice confirmation to him. He's gorgeous. He's beautiful. You, mm-hmm. and he, he's got great papers. Yeah. He's a great investment. We love him. He's all, that's all I can say is he's great. Yeah, he's got a big booty too. He does have a really <laughs> big booty. So you're okay. up and comer. Yes. Yeah, so my up and comer is Legacy, actually, yeah. which Legacy has a very diamond in the rough type of story. I um, got her originally to be a surrogate for Moonshine, um, even to back up more steps than that. We had a three year old here at the house that I had bought from one of my lesson girls to try out. And that's kind of when Keeg and I first started riding together and he didn't ride before uh, him and I got into a relationship. So I had moonshine and then now this three-year-old for him and I to ride, which was not what we needed at the time to say the least. Cause like we were just talking about Colts can just have like very sporadic moments that you wouldn't really even expect. So I ended up trading this three-year-old for Legacy um, with the plan of hopefully using Legacy as a surrogate for Moonshine down the road. Because in my eyes, Moonshine was never going to be pregnant because I'm always rodeoing on her. And that has just always been like my train of thought for some reason. Um, So I ended up the first year that I got her, I ended up not breeding her, but planning to, um, did the research on the surrogacy and what that would look like, realizing that as a 20, 20 or 21 year old girl paying for surrogacy for a horse is not very smart, probably, especially just like with all the variables in it, but then it's just really expensive and either way it's going to be expensive, but especially when you start doing that type of stuff, it's super expensive. So we ended up not breeding legacy or like not trying to have her be a surrogate for moonshine and that I was gonna sell her I ended up thinking that I was gonna end up selling her and I looked at her papers and realized that she is which she's a thoroughbred by the way she's not a quarter horse so I ended up looking at her mom and her grandparents and everything and realizing that she has pretty good lines like her grandparents and her um parents and everybody combined have won probably like a million or so dollars, which isn't crazy, especially for the racehorse world. But for a horse that I was not even looking at the papers when I first bought her, that's pretty dang good. So I thought about maybe live covering her, having her be, get the breeding or whatever, because in my trade for her, this is how I got the free breeding that I ended up being able to breed moonshine with. So I thought originally, maybe I'll just breed legacy, you know, might as well. I have a mare here on the property that's got pretty good lines. So we'll try to do that. She ended up not at all wanting to be live covered whatsoever. And, um, we tried quite a few times and then by the end of that summer with between all the ultrasounds and then having to do AI after that, I just was like, okay, I feel like she just doesn't want to have a baby. She's had three babies before, before me. So I just feel like she's probably not 
down to have a baby and I don't honestly blame her. Um, so she was kind of off for a little bit. And again, I was kind of thinking about maybe selling her and just like, I didn't really know what the heck to do with her, but then considering her papers, I was like, okay, maybe I might try to make her into a barrel horse. And so I ended up doing some research on her, um, on her name and just like seeing if I could find any more information about her. Because like I said, right now she's 12. I got her when I think she was nine and she was off for six, five years. Um, so she was from, uh, two to say five, she was ridden. And all I had known is she was ridden for a little bit and kind of jumped on. And then from five to nine or 10, she was completely off because she was having babies. And then I ended up buying her. So I ended up doing some research to try to figure out what she did when she was a young horse. And I found some YouTube videos of her actually. And she, as her for sale as a three-year-old, for $10,000, which I thought was kind of crazy because again, just because of everything that happened. Um, and she was a hunter jumper champion, which is so cool. I'm not a hunter jumper. So I don't, obviously that doesn't really mean much to me, but I just didn't even know anything about her history at all. And so she had won a couple of classes in hunter jumper and they were selling her for a decent price. So I was like, you know what? Legacy is like, a pretty legit horse. And one thing that I've always loved about her is she's so crazy. She's a type of horse that when you let her out, she is like throwing herself up into the air, like 10 feet. Like she is so wild, but she is easily the most solid minded, level-headed horse that I've ever met. Like you, she is so immovable. You could take her over anything. You can do anything around her, you know, like the classic plastic bags, the flags, like absolutely anything. You can have four people riding her and she just does not care. She has just always been like not faced by the little things at all. And I love that about her. And so I just kind of felt like the pull, even like with moonshine, you know, I kind of just try to go with the flow and whatever I'm seeing signs in, I kind of try to go forward with. And so I was just trying to, I kind of, everything was kind of leading to the point to where I should maybe try to start her in the barrels or start her as a riding horse period. Cause at the time, like I said, she had been off, not even ridden for five years and, um, sent her out to training to one guy. He ended up having to give her back because it was, we got snowed out. So I sent her out to training to another girl and she calls me two weeks after, and she is making an offer on legacy and trying to buy her. And I was like, uh okay does that mean that she's doing good and she's like yeah I actually have a another client of hers that has been watching her and it ended up being like one of her cousins or something that's been watching her and really wants her and we're wondering if you'd be willing to sell her and again at the time I was thinking about maybe selling her so I was like okay and so I had her send me some videos of legacy because I hadn't seen what she really looked like under the saddle at all and she sends me the videos of legacy and I immediately am like hell no I'm not selling this horse because she just because at the time like I said didn't see her under the saddle didn't know how she rode this girl sends me the video of legacy riding around like she's a perfectly trained horse with her head down and just stopping like a motherfucker and just like I was just like so blown away so I saw the buttons are still there she's yeah she's down there still Yeah. And the trainer was saying that anything that she taught her one day, she would always know and pick up on the next day. And it was just a constant step up, level up. And I was like, that's exactly what I want. And so I ended up having, not selling her, having legacy come back home. And I've been riding her ever since. And 
I am in love with her. She is like one of my favorite projects I think I've ever had. And like what we were talking about earlier, I have been paying attention to what I do in comparison to what I did with Moonshine because Moonshine was probably one of my other biggest projects as far as barrel racing goes. And so I've just been really doing the research to make sure that I do everything right. Still making mistakes, of course, but I think it's going to come together super well. And I was even looking at some videos of her this time last year. And this time last year, she was not able to be ridden yet. And so um, in a year now I have her loping, almost running the barrels. I can ride her anywhere, do anything with her, take her on the trails. Like it is so cool. She stops like, like I could almost break away on her and yeah, it's just so cool. And to be quite honest, my plan with her is to end up selling her and I want to give her to like a junior rodeo kid or a high school rodeo kid. Cause I just yeah. know the mind she has and I know she's going to take care of somebody. And my plan really isn't to do anything crazy with the barrel racing, but I would like to eventually futurity. So, um, selling her would be more of an investment into that type of goal, you know, getting something a little bit younger that I can end up raising up with moonshine's baby but yeah it's been just a probably two to three year journey with her and it you know again started from the surrogacy to now where she's gonna take care of some little kid and make them really happy and be their dream horse and I don't know it's just really cool to see a horse's story come together like that yeah because she started as a hunter jumper and you know got sold and then was a brood mare and then just like all the stuff that she has been through and just the horse that she is now it's so interesting but like I don't know it's just very memorable to see and that's what's cool too is um sometimes people are like oh you're just gonna sell her like why would you just want to sell her or whatever but one thing that I really think is super important and special is that I don't have to sell her nor do I want to. Every time I think about it, it makes me really sad. And I feel like because of that, I won't, I won't let her go to a home that's any less than everything that she deserves. Yeah. Which I think is a cool thing to think about. The fact that whatever home that she's going to go to is going to be something that I make sure is something where she's treated special and she is doing her job. And that's what's, that's what's cool too about legacy is she's the type of horse that when you walk into like a big arena or whatever, moonshine, if you have a halter in your hand, especially moonshine, she's running away. Armida, she is running away from you and you have to chase them around. Legacy is the type of horse that is going straight up to you. And it's like, let's work. I am excited, like super jealous. Like what you're talking about, the trailering thing and everything. If any other horse gets trailered, she is so upset. If she even sees me put a halter on another horse, she's already screaming. But if she has a halter on, she's fine with it because she knows she's going to. Yeah. Like she's just, she's got all the, uh, she checks all the boxes for a very special horse with the way that she acts. And I freaking love her. It's so sad to think that she was just a broodmare for so long. Cause it's like, you know, it's pretty evident. Like sometimes they, they talk to you and like, that's what she didn't want to do that anymore. She wanted to work like she, and like, it's evident how like sound minded she is, how quickly she picks up on things. Like but that's obviously like what she wanted to do. Like she didn't want to mm-hmm. just be a broodmare anymore. She wanted to like have a job. And that's like so cool that you're giving her the opportunity to do that. And don't let anyone hate on you for wanting to sell her either, because it's so important, like as an owner, like you can love your horse so much, but know when it's time to let it go. Like sometimes, mm-hmm. you, sometimes there you, you come to a time where you're like, I love this horse and I'm riding other horses, but somebody might be better suited to this horse. Like, like, for example, like sometimes I look at Cisco and I'm like, he's old. Like if I, if someone wanted to just like put him on a pasture somewhere, like out uh, where it's cold, you know, not down here in Phoenix where it's hot as fuck, 
he'd probably be happier there or like some little kid like some five-year-old kid that needs a horse to ride around like if I knew like the perfect opportunity where I knew that he would be taken care of correctly like that is where I would let him go because that's I have to do what's best for him at the end of the day I can't be selfish and just exactly especially when it's a place that can help them live their life to their fullest potential Yep. Yeah. And even with legacy, I know that I can't give her, you know, that necessarily I have to, there's other priorities and goals that I have. But like yeah. I said, every time that I think of her, like with a junior rodeo or a high school rodeo kid, I'm like, that would be the most perfect story. She could run poles, she can run barrels, she could do goats and break away with this kid and just, you know, just be something that as a parent, you can actually trust in a horse, which I think yeah. is so important. Cause like, even when my mom used to look for horses for me and my brother, like people would say that this horse's kids broke or whatever, and literally would buck crow hop, like with her on it. And it's just like, even the we yeah. should talk about that at one point, the kids broke term is just absolutely ridiculous, <laughs> but yeah. So she's just something that I'm just so excited for her future and she's going to be a little star someday. I think so too. I, 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 she's been my favorite story following you this whole time. Like, I just think that she's going to be cool. And no matter where she ends up, she's going to be doing awesome. She's a really cool horse for sure. So next we have, um, like kids horses slash, um, I don't, I guess I wouldn't call SpongeBob a kid's horse, but just uh, my other horse that I have, that we have here. Um, Mm -hmm. and so the horse that I'm going to be talking about is SpongeBob, who's not my horse, but he is my little sister's horse and we take care of him. Uh, we help them find him and all that stuff. SpongeBob is so interesting. Um, you might see him on my page. Sometimes I don't post a ton about him. He is a literally 13 hand pony. Okay. This guy is fucking tiny. We found him. We just saw an ad one day, went to it. Turns out we get there. It's the property we live on now is where we bought him from. Um, and we met who are now quote unquote, our landlords, but really our friends, Kelly and TJ Baker. Um, and they had SpongeBob. SpongeBob. Yes, that's how we met them. And they actually knew Ethan's brother Rockwell um, because they were, TJ was friends with Rockwell. And so we show up and they're like, oh, you know Rockwell? And we're like, yeah, he's Ethan's brother. And they're like, oh, no shit. Like, okay, this is crazy. So Kelly um, had bought or had traded SpongeBob for another horse that um, the guy had had, right? So the guy that had SpongeBob had, had had him his whole life since he was two. Now SpongeBob is, I think, 17 he was 16 when we got him. So he's probably 17 right now. Right. No, just kidding. He, he's 16 because he was 15. I think he's great. He is the ugliest motherfucker you've ever seen in your life. This guy, his head is like long and ugly. He's got this really like my little pony mane. It's so fluffy. It's so long. It like goes all the way down his fucking back. Longest tail you've ever seen, like gorgeous hair, but like his face just so ugly. His bottom lip just hangs open all the time. Like he literally looks like if you stuffed like Larry, the cable guy inside of a Disney princess costume. Like that's how we kind of describe him to people. He, and he's got the weirdest personality on earth. He hates Ethan, hates him, would rather die than be ridden by Ethan. Loves my little sister. Who's who we bought him for, for her to, for her to like rope on to be a high school rodeo horse eventually. And to um, just go to jackpots on because she wants to heal. He is the rankest heel horse. I've ever on this side of the Mississippi and I'm not kidding you. Nobody believes it when you pull up with him because you see this 13 hand, like I said, my little pony, ugly, my little pony looking ass, like something's wrong with him. Uh, And you're like, there's no way anyone's roping on this thing. Like, this is like a joke, right? Like you didn't actually train this thing to do anything. He is just automatic. So fucking good at his job. Can like, honestly, he's a little nutty. He's got some, like, he's weird. He does not have like a, a walk speed. He only trots everywhere he goes. And it's like riding a jackhammer. It's like, 
everywhere you go. <laughs> it's like not a comfy ride. Um, and he's just like fucking weird looking. And we, the guy who got, who we got him from, I don't know why we didn't put two and two together, but we realized that he's a Mustang, that SpongeBob is a Mustang that he just pulled off the Indian reservation and bought for like, literally he said, I think $125. Um, <laughs> and he trained him to rope. He slide stops like no other. He does goats. He does pulls. He does barrels. He team ropes on the heel side and he'll head like not a smooth ride or anything, but he does pretty, pretty well. Any breakaways crazy literally does everything he like i said 13 hands little tiny guy ugly as shit looks like a petting zoo animal <laughs> um but he fucking does whatever you want we always say he's like a vietnam vet or something like that's the way he talks like in our head that's how we hear him he's my little sister he loves my little sister the guy who had him before was just a cowboy you know you the only time he saw him was when he was getting a flake thrown past his head at night right he like he probably never had like luxury things or like you know treats or like still to this day if I give him a treat he looks at me like are you trying to poison me and I'm like no this is like a nice thing I do for you I think he had never had a bath he's weird about certain things like certain like tack items like we give him pellets and he'll just throw them on the ground it's almost like if you gave like I don't know someone who had never even had like nice food caviar he's like what is this I don't need this fancy shit get this out of here like give me some brush off the ground in the fucking desert like that's what I'll eat like he's so weird he loves my sister though. He'll do whatever my sister says anything. He's so good for her, but hates Ethan. The second Ethan gets him out of a stall, he's in a pissy mood. If my sister's there, he's like, oh yeah, let's go. We've got the little blonde girl. Sounds good. Like he's living his best life with her. He's like this. He's just like, Ethan calls him the Barbie car. Now Grace like brushes his hair and bathes him and he's out there petting him. And he's like all leaning into it. And then Ethan goes to get him and he's like, fuck you. We brought Ethan's friend Jet over and we were like, dude, you got to ride this horse. I'm telling you. He's so good. And Jet, we bring him out. Jet's like, I'm not fucking getting on him. And Jet's ridden like <laughs> the best. He, Jet has ridden so many horses and the nicest horses. And like, he's like, got, he like grew up, his dad like pro rodeoed a bunch. And like, Jet just knows what he's fucking talking about. So I'm like, no, dude, I'm serious. Like, get on this horse. You are, you're going to like him. And Jet is 6'4. So his feet are literally like dangling like three inches off the ground when he gets on top of SpongeBob. And he's like, I don't know. This is going to be crazy. I don't think he's going to, this is going to be good. He fucking goes heels two feet walks back up the arena and he looks at me he goes if i do the nfr tomorrow this is the motherfucker i'm bringing and i'm like i know right like it's kind of crazy like that's, I'm fucking, oh my god that's it's awesome. crazy how good he is i don't understand he's so short-footed probably because he's a fucking mustang hannah rode him in the like on the on that crazy sketchy trail all the other horses are like kind of sliding and having issues you know spongebob not a fucking issue it looks like he's doing dance dance revolution underneath him like he's just no like, that's what i was gonna say is when we went there i rode ping pong first and then i got on spongebob and originally ping pong he did that one thing but then he was also like any there's like slates of rocks so any slate of rock he would like just be constantly slipping on every rock which that just happens when a horse yeah. is young and inexperienced and they don't know how to walk on rocks yet and we get on i get on spongebob and he is like the most sure-footed like, yes, on the way back, he just like, he does not know how to walk. He just kind of like prances a little bit, which was not yeah. annoying at all. But he and I, Ethan was like, how is that not the most annoying thing ever? And I was like, because he's not my horse. If he was yeah. my horse, <laughs> things would be a little different. But because he's not mine, then I don't really even care. But it was just crazy to feel the difference because he really did like just know where every foot was going. And we were making fun of him because we were like, it's just so funny. Like, he just thinks that he just. Like what you were saying, like an old like war soldier or whatever, like yeah. he had all these stories or whatever. So we were making up all these stories for him. And then you text me like two weeks later and you're like, oh yeah, 
he actually has basically done everything that we were making fun of him for because he was a mustache. He's a mustache. We we're like, oh, that he, makes way more sense. I tell Grace all the time. I'm like, I just want you to know you, what SpongeBob is, is the equivalent of going out into the woods and getting a feral raccoon and being like, you're a show dog now. Like, like, <laughs> like that is SpongeBob. And for oh. some reason it works. We don't know why it works. He's still got his weird things that he does where we're like, what the fuck is wrong with him? Like, I don't, he's so like, he's like very gross sometimes. He does gross things. Like just, and he's weird. He's just so weird. And But Grace loves him. And like, that's great. And he's like living like the best fucking life that you can live like with her. Like really yeah, a spoiled shitless. Oh no, mm-hmm. definitely. And I have got to hand it to Grace. She's written a lot, but she hadn't like team roped at all really until we got spongebob she had team roped like some on cisco and some on hick but not like had her own horse to rope on right she'd been roping for like three months at this point which is pretty fucking early and we give her spongebob and when you would put him in the arena at first he would like he knew that grace didn't know what the fuck was going on so he was cheating her every chance he got and he used to run to the gate and swing his ass around and stand like and wait with her on him like just take off run through the bit and stand by the gate like like let's go we're leaving now and like, I oh remember my God. so many days where she was just bawling. Like, this is, I, we have to sell him. Like, I can't do this. This is so hard. Well, I was saying we have to sell him. Like, this is too hard for her. She can't do this. Like when we bought him, they were like, yeah, I don't know. He's not really a kid's horse, but like, she'd probably be fine. And you know, me and Ethan like, ah, she'll be fine. It was so hard. Like, and like, but every time I'd be like, you know, Grace, we could sell him, get you something that's like a little bit easier. Grace would be like, no, we're not selling him. No, I'm going to do this. 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 And I was like, dude, I don't know. Like, this is kind of like. I'm a little bit nervous. He's kind of crazy. Like he does some weird shit sometimes where I'm like, I like, how are you going to be able to get through this? You're learning. Like you can't even, she couldn't even learn because she's so busy working on his quirks and his weird things that he does and his prancing. I'm like trying to get him to walk. We ended up, our last straw was when we moved to this property, which we live on the property that the same one, the people that had SpongeBob, I asked the girl, uh, Kelly, I'm like, can you give her some lessons? So she gives her lessons on SpongeBob. After that, Grace and SpongeBob, perfect fucking team. Grace is the only one that can get Spongebob to walk. The only one that can get Spongebob to fucking do like Spongebob for anyone else. If you put a cow in front of him, he will, he's on autopilot. He's got you no issue. But the second you put him out, like in a trail environment, in a just like walk around the arena in a circle environment, he's like kind of a nut, but with Grace on him now, they just communicate so well. And I just for like, till the day I die, will like commend Grace for being able to stick it through and learn on such a hard horse. And we always tell her like, Imagine when you get a horse that's just normal compared to him, how that's easy it's going to be for you. <laughs> that's, I always say that's so good. Even when Key had the three-year-old here and he had to go through all of that, I'm like, dude, when we get a good horse, it is going to feel like magic. So once we easy. got Armida, he was obsessed with her. And I'm like, yeah. yeah, see, that's what happens. I think I agree with you about giving her props because I feel like that that is she was a beginner too, you know, that was like yeah. kind of just the beginning of her journey with the horse and she stuck it through. And that's a type of relationship with the horse that is so strong. Like yeah. if he is like that with her and she is like that in tune with him, especially when they get to high school rodeo, like they're going to be such a good team together. I think so too. I'm really excited for her. He's so, like I said, so interesting, such a fucking weird horse. I wish that you guys could meet him. Cause that's the only really way you can un- just understand what I'm talking about. Like he just is like a meme, I, like a literal walking meme. I don't know how, any other way to describe it. Like any, like is so ugly, but also like kind of cute, but not really. And like, just fits like he doesn't want love or attention. He doesn't know what fly spray is. You can't spray him for the life of you. He'll freak, uh, freak out. 
he thinks fancy things are just not for him and he just like wants to get a, a dust bath like a fucking chinchilla like that's all he needs like <laughs> I that's the only way I can describe him so funny yeah I love him and I was I it was cool because when I went down to Arizona I was able to ride all of your horses and yeah. that was very interesting and cool to be able to do because then I can like actually have some context to what you're talking about and they and all have get such different personalities yeah it's just oh yeah it's awesome. oh yeah very different they're all very different we've got Cisco who's like the old veteran I, he we always we like to like relate all the horses to Disney characters and Cisco is like the um the old car from cars you know the Hudson Hornet like you gotta go right to go left or whatever he says like float <laughs> like a butterfly sting like a bee or whatever that's cisco oh, like he's like con- constantly <laughs> telling everybody what to do and then you've got ping pong who's hercules who's like really shy and scared of everything and he's like i don't know about this guys like i don't know how to feel and then you've got spongebob who i don't even know if they make a disney character that would relate <laughs> to spongebob he's more like a dreamworks like a background character from shrek like not even donkey, like maybe like a background, like a mushroom or something. <laughs> I don't know. Very weird guy. <laughs> they all have so their funny. own voices. And they're yeah, own, like, when we were talking about SpongeBob, I was cracking up because it's just so true. And that's the thing is you really do have to be there in person to kind of see it in his face. But even just like the way that his face looks and the way that he's looking at you, like he gives no shit about anything and he like Nothing. can hear us making fun of him and he, he doesn't like, care Fuck you guys. <laughs> and he's like he literally I just don't he like what I, I'm trying to think of like things we were saying about him like he'll just be like it's like it'll be raining and he'll just go out there and stand in the rain and other horses are like you know trying to get another cover and he's like this isn't anything you should have seen it back in the jungles of Vietnam I was <laughs> I was in the blah 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 it rained for 30 days straight I didn't even need a parka like okay you Spongebob we get it like, <laughs> he's, like, he's like the only thing I ate for the first three years of my life was cigarettes and coffee beans <laughs> like, that's Spongebob and then he You've got ping pong's voice is like i don't know dies is this okay if i go wheel <laughs> maybe you should call somebody else <laughs> i don't think i should be in the twirlo <laughs> and it was, he, that was, it was funny especially with the spongebob thing because we were talking about all of that and then for you to text me two weeks later that he actually was a mustang and he's actually <laughs> through all that I'm like oh like he was probably that whole time like you guys have no idea what nothing <laughs> like, like when he was born he didn't he didn't fall into a into like a, a nice like thing of hay he didn't have a veterinarian there he didn't have anybody walk. he fell into the cold hard desert floor like he, sagebrush what? maybe yes. even a cactus no yeah. <laughs> yes <laughs> like we talk about taking him to the vet he's like the only vet I know served 30 years of Vietnam like okay we get it <laughs> We oh understand. So, how old is he again? What do you say? Seventeen. I think he's sixteen now. God, it's funny. Yeah, he fifteen. Is, he is quite the character. I love. Yeah. Him. So Armida. Okay. okay. Yes. Let's go on to Armida. <laughs> Which last, but definitely not least, because Armida is a little golden horse in, in herself. So when I first got Armida, uh, probably about two years ago, and I got her as a project just because I only had. I believe I had just bought in Legacy and um, I was looking for just another project or whatever, just to have like more horses to ride and everything. And I found Armida and she was the most perfect. She came off of the ranch or she was like a branding horse and just like worked cows and stuff and was in the sale pen and everything. 
uh tried her out one time and I was immediately like okay duh, I have to get her she's super stout her body's super nice and that probably is what kind of distracted me to begin with too is she's like the prettiest horse you will ever see she's like a done mixed with the buckskin which isn't really like a thing but like I don't know she's just so pretty she's got like stripes on her legs looks like a little zebra she's got the longest thickest mane longest thickest tail like just a pure model um and then she's really solid stops super well like just has really good training on her and so when I first tried her out like I said I immediately was like okay I this is the horse that I want to put some time into she's a little fat I could barely get her to lope but I'm like she could make maybe a good breakaway horse for a kid or you know breakaway slash go tying or whatever so I ended up buying her and kind of like what you guys were talking about with Hick, it was like a little bit of an investment for me, like not crazy, but just enough to where I was putting down money that as a 22 year old, 21 year, year old girl at the time, like I don't have a bunch of money. So this is a big yeah. deal. So I put money down on her, <clears throat> buy her and I'm really excited. I spend a year with her, take her to just absolutely everywhere. At the time I wasn't doing lessons where other people were riding my horse so I was just taking her to barrel races and like just doing all kinds of stuff with her ended up spending a lot of time with her and was super stoked to end up selling her um and about a year later I put her up for sale for I'm not really shy about talking about like numbers or anything but I wanted to sell her for double what I paid for her and was so stoked because this was like the first one of the first projects that has really like come together and come to fruition for me. And so I go to sell her and within the next day I have somebody coming to look at her and they try her out. They're super stoked. The girl has her mom come out, try her out. They're super stoked. They keep her for three days to just like try her out at home and everything. They're all over her. And um, they end up taking her to the vet to do a vet check, which I was so open about everything and just saying, no, I never did. I did a lameness exam, but I didn't do any x-rays and I don't, in my personal opinion or the vet's opinion, we didn't think that she was lame at all because she just has never taken a lame step. So they take her to the vet. I'm fully confident. I'm so stoked. Like I have the trailer hooked up, ready to, you know, get her if we need to, but knowing that she's going to stay. And I remember riding moonshine. I was riding moonshine out in my arena and I get a call from them and I knew that they were going to the vet. So she was going to let me know. And (laughs) she basically tells me that uh, Armida has naviculars and that it's not something that's affecting her right now, but it looks like it's something that could affect her down the road. So they would not like to go further with the sale. And I was just like, I don't know. I, I obviously should not get my hopes up or whatever, but I was so devastated just because again, at that point I had put a full year of time into her. I had just really set this all up, like really made a good ad for her, made sure that everything on her resume checked off. Like you can see old Instagram videos and YouTube videos of all the like projects that I was doing with her, like with the tarp and just like all kinds of stuff. And so when they told me that I was just like, so confused. And so just because when you say navicular, you say the word navicular in the horse world and people will immediately shy away. And yeah. honestly, I don't necessarily blame them. But for me, it was just so hard to believe because Armida was, you can take her anywhere, do anything with her. She is like the absolute golden child horse. And for oh something like naviculars, that's really not even affecting her right now. It was just so weird to put it into perspective that that's going to be something that we have to deal with. And so I, um, it took me a little bit of 
it took me a little while to figure out what to do. I ended up just changing the ad and making it to where she is going to require maintenance. She does have navicular's. She doesn't require injections or anything right now, but maybe down the road that she's going to. Of course, people and I took a couple thousand off as well, you know, just because I don't really know. Yeah. And it's just one of those things again that people just don't really want to get into. And again, I don't blame them. Like if I knew that she had navicular's when I went to buy her, would I have you bought would. her? Yeah. probably not but it's just very hard for me because I want to like be able to tell people that no like when you get this horse you would spend your last dollar spend your last dime go into debt for something like this you know because she's just that special so yeah. it was kind of like one of those things with legacy where I really wasn't sure what to do but when I was talking about Montana Armita reminded me so much of Montana like my entire family just things that she does like very quirky things she just is a lot like him and so, um, she was also someone that I could put key on. I could put anybody that came over on all of my family, like while she was here. And so I kind of just decided, I was like, what if I made her into a lesson horse because she's so good with kids and just like, so sweet. Yeah. And, um, so I ended up actually starting to do that as of last October, I've given lessons and done coaching and all of that for a really long time, but I've never had like my own lesson horse. And so I ended up opening that up kind of in October. And as of like November, I was fully booked with kids. And since then I've never marketed, never done anything because I've had all the kids that I need. And it's just so cool because now <laughs> Armida has her job. She has like her legacy. She is, she has a permanent spot on this property. It's already like a thing. Um, yeah. And it's just awesome because she, again, reminds me so much of Montana and I can see also how many kids that this is her, their first horse that they've ever ridden. And yeah. she has been that for like 10, 12, 13 people at this point. And that is just a very cool moment because they will never forget her. And yeah. especially with the five-year-old, she really takes care of them and is really careful with them. And it's just a very sweet thing to see. So that was kind of, that's a cool part about her is again, kind of like with legacy, I didn't buy her with the intent of keeping her or having her be a lesson horse or anything, but it's just interesting to see how all the circumstances in my life and how she is and everything have led to this. So, and that was one of my biggest things too, is I didn't want to sell her then as a rodeo horse. Cause my plan was for her to be a junior rodeo, high school rodeo horse for some kid. And I was like, okay, well, if she has navicular's and it's someday going to come up to where she's going to be lame, I don't want her worked. Like, I don't want her to go to a home to somebody who's going to be roping on her every day and like work the crap yeah. out of her because I know she doesn't deserve that either. And so that's why I decided I'm like, okay, she's going to be a lesson horse. And yeah, it's just the sweetest thing to see come together. She's a little model. Love her. Keeg's she's favorite. gorgeous. And she's perfect for Keeg, too. Like, literally mm -hmm. perfect for him, especially with Goyer describing her. And she still has a use. Just because she has navicular doesn't mean she's, like, you know, worthless. And who knows how no, long she's until they fully her. made me more money on this property than any other horse, including Moonshine. <laughs> yeah. And it's actually just funny to think because she actually has, like, I don't barrel race on her. I don't rodeo with her. So there's not really any out, no like entry fees or expenses or anything, but mm -hmm. she's like a job, you know, every time we do a lesson, we get paid and it's, it's awesome to think that that's like how it ended up coming together. So now I think I'm going to end up getting a second lesson horse so that that way she doesn't have to do as many yeah. Um, and we can kind of double down a little bit. Is that your plan right now? Like going forward with your horses, you're going to sell legacy, get another, um, 
another lesson horse and then maybe another young horse to you said raise up with moonshine yeah what do you think is going to be like your main mount that you're going to have do you think for like a season of barrel racing if that ever happens again with you know yeah and that's the thing too is like even legacy i was hoping to be able to barrel race on her this summer but as with besides covid in my area there's been no barrel races or anything because of all the smoke so it's just a little bit crazy but yeah i'm planning on selling legacy and getting a younger three-year-old that i can bring up that is broke still that is obviously nothing goes to plan but hopefully it's a little broke to where I can kind of just start taking them on the road and start seasoning them immediately and then grow up with moonshine's baby and then moonshine can still be my main mount at that point um I kind of want to get into breakaway more so I'd love to break away on moonshine and then keep Armida and get one more lesson horse so that'll make awesome five horses our plan right now we have Cisco and I'm pretty sure he's going to be here forever unless i again like i find like a five-year-old that you guys family kids that I really are gonna trust. be riding him <laughs> probably and then we have um ping pong and that's really it right now and honestly our plan right now is to go jackpot on ping pong see how he does and if he doesn't do like as amazing as what ethan needs to like do which we don't think he's going to be like pro rodeo quality horse or anything but um, use the money we win on ping pong to buy another horse that is hopefully that for Ethan and like keep ping pong forever. Cause we just love him. He's so solid. You can put anyone on him. Like I, I would put a kid on him today and he's five years old and he d- really yeah, he's like really special. Yeah. He's a cool horse. And it, the people at whispering spirit ranch are awesome. They have amazing quality horses. If you're interested, this is not an ad. I just really love them. Uh, they have great quality horses and they have so many like hitting the ground every year. So definitely go take a look at them if you are interested but yeah I think that's it for our horse stories okay guys sorry for the quick ending but we are going to end the podcast here I hope that you guys ended up liking this horse series between the past horses and our current horses I think that these podcasts turned out so good so with that said I hope you guys have a great weekend make sure if you guys like this to leave a review if we're on apple Podcasts, we may not be on apple Podcasts yet but as soon as we are accepted please leave us a review subscribe leave us a rating and of course share us on your stories on instagram and tag us at call me cowboy podcast with that said katie and i will talk to you guys in next week's podcast which will be coming out next friday bye guys